Hi, this is Michelle Weidenbenner, your Chief Hope Builder. I am the author of Mom's Letting Go Without Giving Up, Seven Steps to Self-Recovery. You can download that for free at momslettinggo.com. Welcome to the podcast that will help you feel at least 15% better. Feel free to join our Facebook private group, Mom's Letting Go, also, and surround yourself with other moms who understand your pain. If you would like to take your journey into a deeper accountability and recovery for yourself, join us at momslettinggo.teachable.com where we have a subscription membership. We have a tribe of moms who are all together in support groups and coaching and we study together and grow together and we are going to write a book together so that we can help other moms come into recovery with hope and determination and a way to find their own identity and recapture their purpose that they lose in the throes of dealing with an addicted loved one. If you find this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave us a review because that's how other moms will be able to find us too. God bless. Welcome to Genograms and Boundaries. This is Michelle Weidenbenner, and today I want to talk to you about what is a genogram and how does it work? You know, how do they work with finding your family boundaries? You can learn a lot about family cultures. I tell my granddaughters this all the time. I know it's really early in their lives, but every family has a culture. And if you sit with a family for a while and have a relationship with families, you get to see the dynamics, oftentimes when they can't see them themselves, right? A genogram is a pictorial display of a person's family relationships and medical history. It goes beyond a traditional family tree by allowing the user to visualize hereditary patterns and psychological factors that punctuate relationships. We can study these genograms of families to learn about the patterns. And if we can study our own family patterns, we then begin to form an awareness of where there might be deficits, where there might be areas that we can work on to change. But once before we do the work, we aren't going to see these blind spots. A lot of what I'm sharing today is also be from Beyond Addiction, How Science and Kindness Help People Change. It is an awesome book because so often moms are taught tough love, right, to, to get their addicted child well. And sometimes tough love means detaching and almost ignoring and punishing our addicted loved ones. And that's not what I'm about. In this book with um, Jeffrey Foote and Carrie Wilkins, 
they talk about how to love your child well. And it's a different approach. Um, I believe it's a healthy approach. But one of those um, one of those areas that we have to work on is becoming aware of our family cultures, of our genograms in order to change. He doesn't talk about that in his book, but I kind of combine the two. And I, because I really think that when it comes to boundaries, there is so much we can learn about our families if we look at our genogram. So go to Google and in your spare time, um, Google genograms and watch some YouTube videos about how, what they look like. So you kind of get a better idea of that. Um, there's one on, I found YouTube that uh, showed a genogram of Luke Skywalker's family. So it's pretty funny because, you know, all the Star Wars movies, sometimes I got confused on who was who, right? So it kind of helps you see that too. It's just a little more entertaining than this um, serious work. So why should we study genograms? These little bits of information come together to paint a picture of how a person's family and relationships affect them. It shows the patterns and the history that make a person who they are. It can show situations, intergenerational concerns, and family dynamics which create the environment we're struggling in. It can also be used as a therapeutic tool to address the struggles and bring about strength. So that's now I'm going to delve into a little bit of common signs of lack of boundaries. I talk a lot about boundaries because for some reason moms uh, struggle with this because when they think of love, they think unconditional and love is synonymous with no boundaries. And so at, at some point we have to learn what boundaries mean and why we need to have them. But here, here are some common signs of lack of boundaries. And this is included in Beyond Addiction, How Science and Kindness Help People Change. I, this is from the book. When to say yes, when to say no, when to take control of your life. Um, and that is another really good book by Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend, Boundaries, When to Say Yes, When to Say No, and When to Take Control of Your Life. So boundary problems in families are on the inside. This might be a mom who doesn't own herself. She makes choices out of guilt. She, she feels guilty if she doesn't say yes when she really wants to say no. So one of these is catching the virus. This is what the author calls this, catching the virus. And um, this is in the book, Beyond Addiction. When she has contact with a certain family member, she becomes depressed, anxious, self-critical, angry, and withdrawn. One person has way more power in her life than anybody else. And that person affects her relationship with all other family members. So this, this boundary problem called catching the virus can be like 
let's say a mom calls her mom, mom calls her mom right and talks to her about something and after she talks to her mom she's sick she just becomes so depressed and anxious self-critical or for moms of addicted loved ones it could be your addicted child right where you have contact with that family member and then immediately after you struggle in some way um, this is a this is a sign that you have a boundary problem with that person right and so again my point is just to observe yourself how you feel um, and see if that one family member affects your relationship with all other family members this could be a sign that you have a boundary problem the next one is called the second fiddle. Sometimes our spouses or our other children feel like this because they only get the leftovers from us. There isn't anything in us to give them because we've used up all our energy on our addicted loved one. I'm sure you can relate to that. Even though we're so thankful for our healthy children, they don't seem to get the same attention. I know it's how it is in my house too. This one's called, May I Have My Allowance, Please? This is when an adult lives with the family and does not stand on his or her own financially. Even though they're an adult, they're still a child because we're, you know, giving them food and sometimes money. Um, we're paying for everything. And we don't see that to be an adult, a person must live within his or her means and pay for his own failures, right? When we're catching them in our safety net and we're taking the responsibility of them, even though they're adult, we don't, they don't grow up. They stay stuck in that emotional, emotionally, oh, backward place of a child versus, even though they're they're an addict. I mean, even though they're an adult, they just don't grow up. And this is often the case with moms who just take the responsibility for their addicted child. And maybe it's because we treat them like a child, even though they're adult, because they're emotionally stuck in, the, in that age, right? Well, what's going to help them take, what's, what's going to help them become an adult? is to let them take responsibility and consequences of their action. But this is a sign of a boundary problem. The next one is that child is, Mom, where are my socks? These are the 30-something kids who still live at home, even though they're working. They don't separate with clear boundaries. They might get along with all the other family members, but this child doesn't really have a whole lot of friends or um, isn't attaching to a significant other in a loving relationship. No, loving relationship. There's no commitment outside of the family. And here um, they pay for their own expenses, but they never think about their future. They just pay for the now. They're not thinking ahead and Everybody's a happy family because everybody lives together. But this is also a sign of a boundary problem because if they're adults, um, they need to separate with clear boundaries and go on their own journey.
three is a crowd. These families um, have a dynamic uh, relationship. A is angry at B, but doesn't tell B. Instead, A tells C who listens because she likes to play the triangular game. Then B calls C and tells her about the conflict with A. So C listens and now has two friends. C has no business in the conflict. The conflict is with A and B, but they aren't resolving their own conflict. And sometimes this happens when there's children. Um, I have caught myself in this with my family, so let me explain. Our son was the addicted loved one, right? But I would call my daughter and vent and just say, oh, I need, I need to vent. And I would tell her all about what my son was doing instead of going directly to my son and having the conversation with him. So when I was bringing my daughter into this conflict, she was forming a, a, an anger, resentment toward her brother because of how she perceived he was treating me. Now, and, and maybe, not in, my, in this case, but sometimes my, what this is saying is that when there's a triangular relationship, it would be like my, my son then calling my daughter and complaining to her about me. And she would be, you know, kind of in the middle. And so it changes her whole relationship with her brother and with her mother. And so should she be in the conversation? No. If we look at a healthy way to handle that boundary, it would be to go to the person that you're having the conflict with. So a remedy for this triangular relationship would be to talk to the person you're having a conflict with first. So in my case, it'd be my son. I wouldn't invite the, out per, uh, the outside person into the conflict. So I wouldn't invite my daughter in. I wouldn't talk to her about our problems, my problems with our son. And that way I get to handle my own anger. I own my anger. And person B, my son, deserves the respect of knowing my true feelings. He deserves that respect. It's wrong to go to my daughter, right? And that way my daughter's relationship be between me and my son isn't compromised. This talk is getting in the way. If I'm talking about my son to my daughter, it's getting in the way of them forming their own respect and relationship with each other. So evaluate your own life. You know, is this something that you tend to do? And how can you press, you know, the change button, right? The change button. The next type of family is the, who's the child here anyhow? These are the moms who feel that they need to take care of their parents. Parents are maybe were irresponsible. So the child feels she has to take care of them. They feel selfish if they have a separate life. And these are the parents um, that take care of their parents, right? But you have to ask yourself, are my parents really in need or are they irresponsible? So in this scenario, I think of my granddaughter. The oldest granddaughter for years and years would take care of her sister who was five years younger because her parents were irresponsible. She would take care of her parents by 
telling them when they had to be somewhere, where they had to be. She managed the family because otherwise um, she didn't get to where she needed to be. It was very sad, but it was very true. And this happens in a lot of families where they're dysfunctional addiction or even in other scenarios where um, parent, where children of addicted loved ones have now grown up and they're still taking care of their irresponsible parents. Think about, is this you? Is this your grandchildren? Are your grandchildren learning how to take care of their addicted parents because of irresponsibility? <clears throat> In this case, it's called, but I'm your brother. This is a family where these adults are, are the adults who take care of their irresponsible sibling, even when the sibling is not mentally or physically impaired. Sometimes siblings feel guilt and pressure if they don't help a sibling. And I see this in my granddaughters again. Um, and I've had to teach them about how they just need to own their own feelings and they're not responsible for anybody else's feelings. But if, uh, and I see, I see women coming into my group, Moms Letting Go, and they will say, well, I'm not a mom of an addict, but my brother is the addict and I need to, I need to help him. I got to figure out what, you know, what's, what's going to happen and I need to be there for him. And so in these cases, um, they are only as well as their sibling. Again, their siblings are adults, but the sister is taking on responsibility because her brother is irresponsible. Her brother is maybe doing something that is um, upsetting the parents. And so she's she's trying to step in so to spare her parents too and to try to get her brother well. Sure, she loves him, but sometimes this becomes a codependent relationship where there are lack of boundaries and she's taking, taking care of her brother out of guilt or pressure. So why do we do these? Why, why do we have these family boundary problems? Well, patterns run deep in families um, and sometimes it's over decades and centuries. If you look at the past of your family in doing a genogram, you know, these might really pop out. So to change, you must identify these family sins and change the way you handle them. Awareness is the first step. So we can't change anything if we're not even aware so the purpose of bringing up these family boundary issues was just to show you, you know, and help you think, oh, are any of these in my family? So in the next video, I'm going to share how to resolve these family boundaries by looking at um, a way to do that. And so stay tuned to the next one where I show you how to identify the symptom, identify the conflict, and move on to help resolve family boundaries. And if you are somebody, if you're a mom who would like to work deeper on your recovery, 
this is something, this is an example of what we do in our support group with the Almighty Mom Tribe. I hope you will consider joining us. God bless.